All they want from you is a few words. A young actor called Bijou has gone missing from the palace. He hasn't been back now for four or five days, and though we have looked everywhere we can think of, we can't make out where he can have got to. However, in the course of the very extensive inquiries we have made, both inside and outside the city, eight out of ten of the people we have spoken to say that he has recently been very thick with the young gentleman who was born with the jade in his mouth. Well, obviously, we couldn't come inside here and search as we would have done if this had been anyone else's house, so we had to go back and report the matter to his highness. And his highness says that though he could view the loss of a hundred ordinary actors with equanimity, this bijou is so skilled in anticipating his wishes, and so essential to his peace of mind, that it would be utterly impossible for him to dispense with his services. I have therefore come to request you to ask your son if he will be good enough to let Bijou come back again. By doing so, he will not only earn the undying gratitude of the prince, but will also save me and my colleagues a great deal of tiring and disagreeable searching. Turn, he sees his other son, his younger son, Jiao Huan, running through the courtyard. And he's in a very foul mood at this point, and so he shouts to one of the pages to strike um, uh, Jiao Huan. He says, quickly hit him for me, basically. Um, and this is kind of reminiscent of that scene a few chapters ago where um, Jia Jun. Um, orders one of the servants to spit in the face of his son. Yeah, it is. Jia Rong. That, that, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's the same, like, uh, mm. do it for me, <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. Um, and so Jia Huan experiences a similar um, reaction to Bao Yu, which is he immediately becomes terrified, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, so Jia Zhang demands to know why he's running through the house instead of studying. Jiahuan begins to recount in a slightly confused way um, what's happened, basically. So he wasn't running to begin with, he was walking near the well, and he saw that there was a maid who drowned herself, and her head was all swollen, and her body was all bloated, um, you know, horribly swollen up. And so he ran away. Are we supposed to believe that story? Do you, do you really think he just saw the body? Or, or was you know something else happening here? Because it's clear later on that he has he has intentions to harm Bao Yu uh, mm. by means of slander. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure to be honest. Um, I don't know how scheming he is. Whether this part is true, and then he just happens to make up the later part uh, off the cuff, or whether the whole thing is orchestrated. 
uh, basically Jia Huan tells Jia Zheng that you know not only um, has the maid uh, committed suicide, but she's done so on account of um, ill treatment by Bao Yu. Um, yeah, yeah, including uh, accusing uh, attempted rape, and and then and then subsequently beating her very thoroughly, like very severely. And so Jia Zheng, when he first heard that a maid had drowned herself, was shocked by this because the family has always treated their servants well down through the years. And if, you know, if anyone were to discover this outside the house, it would be a great, it would shame or disgrace their ancestors, which for a person like him, who's all about, I guess, um, you know, filial piety and observing the rites, etc., would be would be terrible. And so when he hears that the cause of this, you know, earth-shattering event is none other than his son, Baoyu, he is, um, yeah... I think I said incandescent with rage before. I think that's about right. <laughs> um, I mean, it says that his face is golden yellow, basically. Um, his, his face is like... Glowing. Like golden paper. Yeah, glowing. I think that's it, right? So incandescent is right. Um, uh, there, there's imminent danger. Uh, there's some question. How far is he going to take it? He says in speech he's going he's gonna to kill the boy. But he says, I'm going to... Yeah, he's going to beat him to death, basically. Uh, he says, I think he uses the phrase da, da sula, um, which is like, can be literally to beat to death, or it can be like, just beat very hard, you know. Right, um, right. But yeah, but he immediately, um, you know, it, I certainly started to feel a real sense of like, uh, fast approaching, like, I had a very like strong feeling of dread here, um, because ha when he first hears this news, he's kind of almost speechless um but when he comes to his senses he orders that the courtyard gates be closed that somebody fetch uh rope and a heavy bamboo cane um and bring Bayou here now uh so that he can tie him down and beat him right yeah it it starts to resemble some kind of like uh dark like judicial judgment is about to be cast well i guess like once again in this case, as with the as with the, the Chamberlain, uh, Jia Zhang never stops to consider whether the accusations against his son are true. You know, he's just he always, I guess, believes the worst of him. I suppose he's always willing to believe the worst of him. His name is Jia Zhang, but he doesn't actually. He's not really like measured <laughs> in his uh, in his reactions and in in his in his evaluations. Uh, you know. We never really got a sense for what exactly Bao Yu has done wrong. And so we're going to see later, maybe it is partly just Bao Yu's um, difference from his older brother who has passed away mm -hmm. that, uh, that, that makes him seem like such a, uh, a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, he just constantly lives in his shadow. There's, we, we should talk about this. He, he happens upon a, an old lady, uh, but the the issue is yeah. she's uh, mostly deaf, and so he keeps on saying mm. things, and she keeps on mis mishearing him and assuming that he's just gossiping about the maid who just died. Um, and there's a kind mm. of a funny, a really disjointed pseudo-conversation that occurs between them. Yeah, yeah. So he's saying, go, go and tell them that my dad is going to 
you know, my father's going to beat me. And the Chinese, he says, Kuai chu, kuai chu, yao jin, yao jin. So quickly, go quickly. Yao jin is urgent, basically. And so, but she mishears yao jin as tiao jin, which is to jump into a well, to commit suicide mm-hmm. in the well. And so she assumes that he's talking about this, uh, the maid, Golden, having committed suicide. Um, and she says, yes, yeah, you know, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> and so this, uh, eventually he, he, he gives up. Um, having been driven to, I guess, like ever greater heights of um, anxiety and apprehension mm-hmm. um, over what's coming. And I guess Jia Zhang kind of knows that this is a possibility because he's already ordered when he when he ordered, you know, bamboo and rope to be brought up and the courtyard doors to be closed. He said, if anyone tries to sneak word out, I will kill them. Um, so, yeah. And so, yeah, so he is, um, I guess he is bound and, and gagged. And uh, initially the pages are the ones uh, landing blows. But uh, apparently Jia Zheng is not satisfied. Yeah. They're, maybe they're kind of um, going easy on him. Uh, and so they're he... They're pulling their punches. Yes, yeah. And, and so he uh, executes the uh, punishment himself. Yeah. And so in the beginning when he's hit, Baoyu cries out quite frequently from the pain. But uh, eventually, despite the blows, he's silent. Um, and so because there are other people in the room, other you know servants and, and things, they they take this as a bad sign and they try to remonstrate with him. And um, at this point, Jia Zhang says, you know, ask him what he's done and then tell me if you think I should spare him. And he actually blames everyone else. He says, it's all of your fault. I would have punished him more, but Every time I tried to in the past, you know, people would intervene and intercede on his behalf and ask me not to do it. And now look what's happened, you know. Um, mm. um, he says, maybe I should wait until he commits, you know, patricide or, or, or even regicide, you know. So kill his own his own parents or indeed the emperor. Would they still, would they still counsel mercy in that situation? He uses this phrase to say that, yeah, when he says that it's their fault that, you know, they, they didn't let him punish Pao Yu more sooner. He uses this phrase, uh, Niang Huai, which like, Niang Huai means like, literally like the brew has been spoiled. Um, like, and so, yeah, they've let him get spoiled in a way, basically. But in the sense of like, he, he's gone off, he's gone, he's gone rotten, basically. He's kind of like, in Jia Zhang's mind at, at this point, Pao Yu is kind of irretrievably He's too far gone. There's there's nothing worth saving from him, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's about at this moment that uh, so we kind of have a series of um, uh, members of the family who are going to try to plead with Jia Zheng to cease and desist. Uh, and so the first arrival is Lady Wang, namely yeah. uh, Bao Yu's mother. I guess. Her- she has like a kind of a, a a theme of comments in this chapter where it's like yes i know bao yu is a disappointment but you know he's yeah. he's my only child basically yeah she kind of rushes over um she sends word to grandmother jia but she doesn't go and collect her because you know she's an old lady and she'll take ages she rushes over and she only has one maid with her and her arrival isn't kind of pre-announced or anything and she's there's no suggestion that she's not kind of fully dressed or anything, but she's not wearing her usual kind of ceremonial outside clothes. She's almost like, it's almost like she's run in in like a nightgown or something like that, you know? Um, mm. 
And so her arrival provokes among the other people, the kind of bystanders, um, it seems like a kind of almost like a shame or like a embarrassment. And I guess this is to convey um, the intensity of, uh, you know, her feeling and the urgency of the situation. Her son really is in danger. Once again, mm. due to, uh, at least partly to Jia Huan, his half-brother's mm. um, schemings. Yeah, right? yeah. This is much so, worse than the candle wax. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe 10 or so chapters ago, he tipped over a full candle of wax on Bao Yu's face, and right. he was mercifully spared. But That, um, that, that could be a similar kind of... He could have lost an eye, mm -hmm. right? And so it's the same kind yeah. of um, threats of destruction, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the castration of power, if you want to use psychoanalytic yeah. terms. Um, and actually... Apparently, so Jia Zheng is not, at least at first, he's not moved by his wife's uh, protestations. Mm. If anything, there's some indication that he's only uh, further enraged. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's said that he uh, he begins striking even harder. And at one point, he takes out the rope to uh, I, I apparently yeah. to strangle Bao Yu to death, yeah. just to end it. Yeah, Lady Wang's initial, as you said, initial like pleading is as you said um he yes he deserves to be beaten but if you kill him um it will be very upsetting to grandmother Jia, and you know it's hot at the moment and she's unwell and um that may finish her off and that would be not filial to do um that would make you a bad son <laughs> um if by killing your own son you also kill your 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 grandmother and Jia Zhang responds that by raising this this monster and allowing him to go on living, he has made himself unfilial, and so actually, the appropriate thing to do to accord with like Confucian principles is to is to kill Bao Yu. And yeah, as you say, that's the point at which he takes up the rope, and he's kind of in the in the process of, I imagine, kind of wrapping it around the boy's neck when Lady Wang again intervenes, um, and she says, "If you are really going to kill him, then kill me too." Um, you know, I'm, I'm in my fifties now. I can't have any more children. Um, and so if you intend to kill him, kill me first so that he can keep me company in the underworld. I think this whole conversation is maybe intended by the author to demonstrate just sort of the like deep, like, uh, in, uh, unfeasibility of, uh, like the Confucian moral system. Because if you just look at these arguments, like like not even one of them is like <laughs> would be the kind of argument that you that we could use nowadays. I think rightfully. I, I, I mean, mm. uh, like none of these like none of these reasons. I mean, they're all relevant, but they're not like the, the critical factor here is that you know there's no crime has been committed that would uh, justify murder, and, and secondly, mm -hmm. the the evidence hasn't even been considered. But like all the uh, all the rhetoric between Jia Zheng and uh, Lady Wang, like none of it is like uh, like kind of to the point. I, I wonder if it's sort of a um, uh, what do you say like um, argument to absurdity mm -hmm. on the uh, on on the part of the author. So at this point, this intervention is enough to stay stay Jia Zheng's hand, and so. Lady Wang approaches. She sees that Bao Yu is really in a very bad way. His clothes are caked in blood, and 
when she pulls them off, she can see that the the flesh underneath is bruised all over, um, and so she's she's weeping for her her poor son, her cool Mingda are so it's like my my ill fated child, and it's at this point that she thinks of her older son now dead Jia Zhu, and um, yeah she thinks that if only he had lived, she would be willing to sacrifice a hundred sons for him, which is. Again, it's the similar kind of thing, right? It's like, um, uh, <laughs> well, it's. I think it's kind of like difficult to comprehend, difficult for us to comprehend, maybe. Um, it's also a kind of weird parallel back to um, the comment that this this Chamberlain servant made about um, Bijou earlier on. He said that the the prince of Zhongshun would be willing to lose a hundred other actors, but this one is is kind of um, uh, irreplaceable. And oh, that's clearly, interesting. Yeah, Lady Wang has a similar kind of attitude towards her her first son. Um, huh. So yeah, there's definitely a sense that some people are more valuable than others. Uh, some are more replaceable than others. And I guess it's at this moment that um, Grandmother Jia arrives, right? I felt I I consider Grandmother Jia's arrival here like even more dramatic. Mm. I think because uh, you imagine the difficulty. Uh, in her, you know, kind of like elderly state, her difficulty in arriving so quickly. Yeah. Um, and they make a point of mentioning that she's she's leaning on a um, on a maid sort of for for physical support, mm-hmm. but uh, she's also um, breathing heavily. Yeah. As if she came as fast as she uh, could as well. Mm-hmm. And her, I'd say, like whereas. Um, uh, Jia Zheng's wife is mostly unable to to move his um, sentiment. Uh, her arrival has an immediate effect. Yeah, yeah. I I have just one observation to make, uh, which I imagine her like toddling along because she presumably would have had bound feet. Or you know, I guess almost mm-hmm. all ethnically Han women, which the Jazz are, would have foot binding among women. So, not just Grandmother Jia, but I think every woman in the household, right, or at least every noble woman, would have, would have had bound feet, right? Um, yeah. But I just, I'm just thinking about it because I'm imagining her toddling along and, like, you know, being old and frail, and furthermore having to stand on bound feet, which are very tiny and very uncomfortable to walk on. But literally every other woman as well in the house would have had the same thing. Is that right? That's interesting. You know, it's it hasn't been mentioned. At all, really. Um, yeah. Do we think it's just taken as red? Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a really good question. Um, mm. but it, it would be kind of standard, especially for you know the. My sense is during this period, the higher class you are, the more likely uh, that uh, women would have uh, bound feet. But that's interesting. Yeah, that, I don't believe it's been addressed even once yet. Okay, sorry, that was just a side. That was just an aside. Um, she. Anyway, she comes toddling in, in a frail voice. She's saying, you know, kill me first before you kill him mm-hmm. and, and be done with it. And as you said, this has a very deep, this deeply affects um, Jia Zhong. Mm-hmm. I mean, his whole ideology is based around, again, on, on, on filial uh, piety. Uh, and, and here is his own mother questioning his. And so his whole enterprise is mm-hmm. kind of thrown into disarray. 
And so he, he actually begins uh, um, uh, kowtowing uh, rather uh, dramatically. This whole scene is, is um, kind yeah. of like overwrought with emotion. Although, you know, yeah. if, if the violence is as severe as it seems and, you know, it's, it's justified. And, and I mean, she deliberately says things that kind of wound mm -hmm. his um, his sense of being a, a good son, I suppose. Um, right. So it's not that she doesn't quite like not recognize him as his son, but she says that she she sadly she didn't raise a good son, something along those lines. And um, Jia Zhang says, you, you know, this is it wounds me when you talk that way. It's so mm -hmm. it's so hard to take. And she says, you know, well, if you think that's hard to take, imagine how your son feels. Um, one harsh word from me has you complaining and he's been having to he's been mm -hmm. beaten severely by you this whole time and so she threatens to uh um, to take bao yu back to uh nanjing yeah to leave for nanjing right away um and then she makes this like very like cutting sideways remark mm -hmm. to lady wang so she says to lady wang you know there's no need to cry if you if you're upset now, just wait. He'll he'll when he grows up, he'll forget all about you. Better to just cut him out of your heart now mm -hmm. and spare yourself the sorrow. But really, she's talking about Jia Zhang. She's talking about her own relationship to Jia Zhang rather than Lady Wang's relationship to Bao Yu. Right, um, her relationship to her, her own son. Uh yeah, that that comment also kind of raised eyebrows for me. And and it it doesn't miss the mark. Um, <laughs> Jia Zhang is is um. He begins, as you say, countering all the more aggressively. Which itself, you know, I think the the kowtow here that described almost involves like striking your head against the floor. Mm. So it's more than it's it itself has a kind of a violence uh, kind of baked into it. And you know, he's saying, "Don't you know? Please don't don't reject me like this." And grandmother Jazz says, "No, on the contrary, it's you who has rejected me." You know, again, knowing the soft point, so the soft points, and really like driving, driving the knife in and twisting mm -hmm. it. Um, and at this point, some servants have to fetch a, a wicker bed for um, um, <laughs> Bayou to be put on and carried away, basically. Like um, a stretcher, basically, is, is I was imagining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the whole family is there. They they mentioned that uh, by now, uh, Aunt Shri. Uh, Bao Chai, uh, Caltrop, Aroma, uh, Shushangyun have all arrived. Um, yeah. There's even a comment to the effect of, you know, there's so many people attending to Bao Yu that Aroma feels sort of at a loss for what to do. <laughs> right, yeah, uh, yeah. And so she 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 goes off to talk to Tea Leaf, um, uh -huh. uh, one of Bao Yu's mm -hmm. male servants, one of his pages. And she kind of interrogates him about what's what's going on, why, why this why this beating happened in the first place and his intelligence seems fairly accurate um yeah he knows that you know uh jahuan was probably involved and mm. he knows that um uh the the whole bijou business is related to shuapan yeah yeah he thinks even possibly that shuapan like spread spread rumors in the first place and this is why it kind of blew up in in value's face the way that it did that's interesting and um, that, that you know that might that might be true actually you feel like that's uh, really consistent with his character right um, maybe his own like jealousy and, and it's just his own kind of predilection for gossip and, and rumor mongering yeah. i think 
Yeah, yeah. Anyway, in the meantime, Bayou is, as you say, he's picked up on the stretcher and he's carried back to uh, to his chambers and placed down there. And so that's bas- that's more or less where we leave it. Yeah, yeah. That's where the chapter ends. So, you know, that's a, yeah, that's a shorter chapter, I think. I, I think we got through it pretty quickly. Um, yeah. What do you think? What, what are your, like, general uh, associations, impressions, take? Were you surprised by the this sudden uh, intrafamilial violence? Yeah, I was. <laughs> when, when I first read this, um, because you and I both read a long way ahead, when I did first read this, um, I was very shocked by it, very surprised by it. And then coming back to reread it for recording this episode, I found it yeah, really, really kind of like stressful, very kind of anxiety inducing to read, you know, quite difficult. Um, uh, it's, it's this second, second volume, I suppose, of the, of the five is sometimes thought of as quite like a tranquil, peaceful, not much happens. But I think that that's, that hasn't really been reflected in what we've seen so far. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. What, what did you think of it? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, all week I've been like kind of fetching for like interesting kind of uh, interpretive angles to approach this. I, I think some of the like the psychological dynamics uh, are familiar. You can imagine, you know, the uh, the rivalry between siblings and the you know, the, the the overly demanding uh, paternal figure, uh, and then kind of the uh, the, the maternal figures as this kind of um, mediating force. It seems all like fairly uh, relatable in a way. Yeah, it does feel familiar, doesn't it? But culturally, there are some very, very much less re- relatable and familiar um, elements, right? Um, Maybe, yeah. I, culturally, and also, you know, just in terms of like historically, right? This is yeah and the justifications for behavior as well are, are are quite strange quite unusual like um why it is that um the beating has to happen you know why like as you said the like conflicting and sometimes contradictory nature of the different um confucian relationships uh kind of coming into conflict right so i think we've talked about this before but um there are what five five relationships in in traditionally in Confucian mm-hmm. thought, right? There's uh, parent to child, ruler to ruled, master to servant, brother to brother, and uh, I forget what the fifth is. Husband um, to wife? I think that's probably it, yeah. And and yeah, we see multiple of those different um, relationships uh, kind of in, in play. And then also different relationships that both fit within the same category. So Jia Zheng to his son, but also Jia Zheng to his mother, and how those how those like interact um and you're right everything about this scene would be completely kind of incongruous in a modern in a modern context from i guess the beating in the first place through to all of the different kind of justifications and arguments uh and interventions i suppose i can imagine this kind of uh these levels of violence do persist you know across cultures yeah um, but yeah. what's going on here is that uh, Jia Zheng isn't ostensibly breaking any laws. You know, it's it's the uh, like kind of the historical precedent that like the family is kind of a, a space of a kind of a law unto itself. 
um and right. there's no sort of um and he like closes the gates you know that's kind of like a like a representation that the state actually doesn't enter these this like space and there's no um there's no one mm-hmm. for Baoyu to appeal to except other members of the family yeah yeah there's no other external force he can appeal to there's no greater authority right and that's going to create a different like family dynamic right and so yeah like if Jacques Lacan were uh doing psychoanalysis uh, mm. In the Qing Dynasty, he would have to uh, adjust his symbols, right? Maybe the uh, the father figure actually is, you know, the uh, this kind of like uh, like force of executioner, and not simply the uh, <laughs> yeah the absent yeah. like signification of it. <laughs> um, that's kind of interesting. I don't I don't know. Um, yeah. So how about we end it there? Uh, yeah, let's tie it up there. That's it's been a a short but sweet episode on an important chapter uh thank you everyone for listening this has been rereading the stone as always uh check us out on twitter at uh rereading stone we also have a facebook page facebook.com slash rereading the stone uh so next chapter is going to be chapter 34 a wordless message meets with silent understanding and a groundless imputation leads to undeserved rebukes we're going to find out what, that, what that's all about next week. Uh, thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Bye-bye.